0: Welcome to episode five hundred and nine of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, twenty seventh. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno San. Eno, what is up?
1: Not much. I'm. It's like weird because the hot stove season's not quite getting going, and
0: you know, warmies no. are approaching, and like, it's somebody's fault, dude. It's one person's fault. I mean, not his fault. <laughs> it's not. It's not, fault. it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. But he's holding it up, and that is, of course, Shohei Otani. We will talk a bit about
1: that. I think I might disagree. I think the one there like is one stand person is? holding it up. Yeah, it's Stan.
0: I think Otani's holding it up more personally, well, but I think, I think everybody both just really-
1: wants Otani, and it's his choice. And you can't really build a, a plan around him because you don't. You can't even say, no "Okay, clue. we'll buy him." Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. The money doesn't matter. So.
0: Yeah, you 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 have no clue, like where you stand. In fact, they sent out this memo about like woo us basically we'll talk a little bit about that uh i agree i really think it's both i really think it's stan and otani that have held up the hot stove uh nothing's really happening we got two tiny moves we're going to talk about today um it's just it's crawling right now i think everything really starts to move uh what is it december 5th on otani And then, of course, we're starting to see teams drop. uh, Oh no, they can post them as early as December first. So in a couple days, possibly. But even then, uh, then
1: we won't know for a month, basically, what happens after that, because uh, because it's like all it's all secret. So you know, we'll know that he posted. We won't know who won because you know that they don't reveal that sort of thing until later.
0: Well – And then, like you said, Stanton, of course, is a a big deal. Apparently some teams are putting in some formal offers, which, you know, again, we won't really know what's going on. Of course, right now, I think the latest thing I saw was that the freaking Dodgers are his top target, which I don't blame him, of course. It's just like rich getting richer as hell, though, because, of course, they can afford it, whatever sort of financial aspect the marlins want to work out in terms of okay you take this much and we'll get this prospect you know it's going to be one of those balancing acts they can of course afford that and then they run the gamut on potential prospects depending on the money right you know they can say okay well we'll take this much and you'll get this player or we'll take this much and you'll get this player so it makes sense they are they are a really good fit for this so we'll see what ends up happening there but I actually want to start with something that uh, I didn't cover in the solo cast because I, w- I really wanted your thoughts uh, on this the whole Braves debacle um, the news came down so it's a little bit older at this point in terms of uh, discussing it but not a lot has happened so it's, it's still fresh don't worry um, they got punished and man did they get hit hard the Braves got absolutely decimated here and I mean I guess let's just start at the top you know what'd they do what what were some of their their criminal offenses here that led to the uh, the permanent ban of of John Coppola and uh, several prospects lost what were some of their infractions
1: well you know the the statement I don't know a ton more beyond the statement which the commissioner's office gave out which is that um, they did the same thing that the Red Sox did in terms of packaging lesser prospects with bigger prospects in order to get the trainer more money. But they seemed to uh, do
0: it at at a higher level, right? It was was the old uh, everyone's favorite overused meme, the old hold my beer. The Red Sox are like, hey – we're doing this on the sly. Oh dang, we got hit and Braves are like, "Hold my beer. We're going to go ham on this and and absolutely go crazy with it." Didn't they package like eight guys for some 14-year-old who's not who they can't even sign for a couple years?
1: Yeah, I think you know, there's one rumor that came out that Kevin Maitan had an actual um, offer from a team for 10 10 million dollars. And uh he signed with the Braves for
0: 4.1. Hmm. Sketchy. So,
1: you know, I think that, you know, that in order to get that sort of thing to happen, you have had, you have had a lot of groundwork in place. I think part of that is, you know, the rumors that they housed Kevin, my when he was 14 in America, that could be a big deal. I think my is yeah, he's Venezuelan. So, you know, getting him out of Venezuela made have may have, either scored some goodwill or been worth a, uh, you know, an actual amount of money. No doubt. Um, then you have to the trainer that, you know, my 10 knows well, um, you know, almost a father figure cause he's been training him since he was whatever, 10, 14, 12, whatever. Um, you know, that trainer uh, has all sorts of goodwill for the team because they signed, you know, like 12 of his players. And I think you did say you're right to say that they went ham because, you know, the Red Sox, put together like five or six guys in one draft class and they were those guys were never tied, I guessed, to Moncada, or else they'd have lost Moncada. But in this case, the Braves were also dumb about it. They yeah. left they <laughs> left
0: they, they did it on email. They were so brazen. That that's that's part of what happened here. Cause again, they didn't they're not doing stuff that other teams haven't done it's the degree magnitude and brazenality that's not even a word I made it up it's, it's, it's a brand <laughs> word I think we're just under the wire to get new words into the dictionary so I'll submit that to Webster <laughs> we'll get brazenality that's what happens when you just you have a certain level of brazenness um like you said doing it on email so they lose a, a boatload of guys here Kevin well, my see, they, the they obviously-
1: even lose What's funny is that they even lose guys that no one has signed yet. So they identified that some of these guys were packaged for future guys. So there's this. They also,
0: you know, they also lost guys who aren't even born yet. (laughs) Three guys who aren't even born yet have been lost it's it's absolutely crazy they had kevin Maiton's firstborn inked to a deal and of course he's not i mean he's not even married right now and he's not uh, planning on procreating yet but they did have him in a deal so yeah they i mean obviously kevin Maiton is the big name but there were uh, there were other big names um these guys all become free agents so and of course think about all the money they lost too right because you can't go back and say hey you know, kevin miton give us that money back because you're going to go get more money here in December, but I think uh, those guys all become free agents here in early December. You can use your pool from this year, and I think you can dip into future years to try to get these guys uh, as well. Do you have a um, a list of the names that they lost? I, I actually should have done that. I'm, I'm a really good I'm a really good host here, but I forgot to do that uh, and get the names uh, of the other guys that they lost. Hang on, I got it. Twelve prospects here. Kevin, I've, my got, t- yeah, I've got it right okay. here. So, in addition to Maiton, who are some of the other guys that are that are are notable here?
1: Well, yeah, that's that's the thing, and you know, even Maiton himself. Maiton's probably the name that will garner the most, but I don't think I, I'm not. I don't you know. I don't even think that the people really have this much money left, and I think that he's actually lost so much of his shine that he will uh, he won't get anything close to. Maybe he'll get something close to the four point one, but he won't get four point one million again. No, 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 no. And I actually don't think,
0: think half any that, of these. Maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't think any of these guys will get uh, much more than a million. You know, They'll get more traditional signing bo- bonuses, which, you know, good for them that they get to keep that. Um, and because the whole system is corrupt, the whole the whole thing is is bad, you know, from uh, from the from the tits to the toes, because what's really what's 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 bad about it is that we've set all these rules up. And what you do is when you set all these rules up, you, you basically create a pathway for corruption. And you, you, you sort of, you're like, okay, um, you can do this and not this. And then people are like, oh, but what if I can do this? And but this I'm going to do this anyway. Yeah, so the rules are keep on chasing. And then of course, I think that a lot of this was pre- preamble to, you know, an international draft where they can say, well, look, you know, none of our rules are working. So we're going to really, we're going to send out,
0: we're going to send out, you know, this big rule, the international draft. That's what the know. league wants, right? The league wants that wants an international draft more than really anybody else does
1: and to some extent the players do except i think it's a little bit short-sighted what the players think is it's not right for the dominican republic to be able to players from the dominican republic to be able to sign for unlimited amount of money or or, or much
0: more money than i can get in the draft when american high schooler can only get x and then Dominican. Right. yeah i see i see what you're saying there and i, I agree. see
1: that it's a compelling argument from like a personal standpoint but if you're able to sort of remove yourself from the situation and say, well, what if what would we do if we started from scratch? You know, I'm not necessarily libertarian, but I think it it, might, it would be really interesting to see what baseball would look like if everybody was a free agent and you could decide how long to sign anybody to any amount of deal. Because it, you know, it could work out. It might work out that an even playing field really works. There's still ways that 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 cheaper teams could find ways to 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 get out in front of it, and maybe they'd sign. Young prospects to ten-year deals, you know, in High A, you know, it'd be uh, really
0: interesting. It yeah, it'd be really, really interesting if, if on you know on that July second day, which we know as the International Class, maybe on that day or move it up a month, July June first, amateur Americans and international players are all open. Yeah, then, and let's see what happens.
1: And everybody's out there. And if and if you want to get to the table on the next Mike Trout, you say. We think you're the next Mike Trout. We're going to give you $50 million right now. You're 16 years old. You're 18 years old. You were going to need $50 million right now. And we just want you to sign this like 10 year deal. You know, um, uh, you know, a bigger team, a bigger team like the An- Yankees and Dodgers may not want to take on that sort of risk and start giving fifty million dollars to prospects. So, you know, I-, I just think that'd be more interesting, be more of a level playing field. Instead, now we're like, well, because we have a draft here, we have to have a draft there, and. In, what you're going to get, you're still going to get corruption of, you know, people getting into draft eligibility and getting the prospect seen. You're going to take more money out of communities that don't have a lot of money to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, I don't think it's a I don't really love the way this is playing out. Also, I don't really love the play. Honestly, I don't know. Whether, you know, Paul uh, John Capolella has been friendly to me in the past. I've interviewed him. One of the first interviews I ever did at the winter meetings was with him. He's he's been a, a decent online presence. I know he's made some mistakes and and talked about how you know
0: people should get over the fact that uh the, the, there's some the, unpaid internships and yeah, the free internships he used yeah. to eat out of a trash can and stuff and
1: I mean that's a misstep, but it's a out. misstep that's super common in baseball. Like, there's a lot of white guys who, you know, that you know made it work and or had help from dad to 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 get through it, you know. Um you know and uh i'm I don't really sense that there's a lot uh that he did that was so bad I just do i do i do from talking to people in the game it, it was worse than anybody, and so I guess he he got but I think that the lifetime ban was a, a, was a prequel to the international draft it was like we're very serious about this and you know anyway uh in terms of the players involved, I don't think that many of these players actually are going to uh are going to move the needle in prospect leagues or, or, uh, I can't you know, imagine gets out there. My 10, uh, you know, got a little bit thick, I guess. And didn't, the power didn't come with it. There's a couple catch and throw type catchers that, that may,
0: uh, may be worth, worthwhile. Uh, um, Junior Severino is a shortstop that I had heard a little something about. Um, and, and he's one of the ones available as well. So I
1: closely is, is not the easiest place to, to, to hit for power. And he had, You know, like a 150 ISO down there. Okay. uh, 160 uh, with a good OBP. So, yeah, I think Unir Severino is going to be the most interesting one. There's a couple relievers maybe in Juan Contreras and Jeffrey De La La Rosario. Um, But um, I'd be surprised if if a star came out of this. And if a star does come out of it, of course, we're going to have to hear about it every time he steps to bat. But... (laughs)
0: You know that he was uh released in that 2017 Braves debacle. Yeah, it's okay. It's 2038, and uh, he's on the he's you know he's he's Jamie Moyer over here at the end of his career, and (laughs) you're still 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 bringing it up in his 700th start. (laughs) Give it up.
1: Oh Um, man, one of the guys they're banned from is wasn't even eligible to the 2019 to 2020 international
0: free agency. (laughs) Yeah, that's like he was like some 14 year old, right? Yeah, they they were setting it up. Uh, they were getting all these guys because hey, we're going to sign all these these mediocre guys right now at a chance to get this kid here. I mean, again, just the the what they were doing, the magnitude, and and how open they kind of were about it uh, is is I think what made the hammer come down. So so the Braves obviously this doesn't really hurt hurt them so much in the short term because I'll, none of these guys were particularly close. But what does this do to the Braves? Obviously, we saw um, copies done. John Hart has left. But um, Alex Anthopoulos comes in to to run the show now. One of the AGMs they just hired,
1: I forget the name right now, one of the AGMs they just hired left too. So, you know, it's all up in the air. And John Hart leaving was a was a fairly major surprise for me because he seemed they, bulletproof after his years in, in Cleveland and, and all over the place. So, no you, doubt. you know. I, I, I was a little surprised, but I think they. Some people felt that the is I know that uh, head wasn't enough to roll
0: for this one. So, what what what's where's this put them uh, on their on their trajectory? Because obviously they had a big green arrow up, great system, uh, things were coming together. They're starting to you know they got some things at the major leagues happening. Obviously they weren't like a great team this year or have major expectations for 2018. But I think they were supposed to kind of be one of those. One of those froggy teams this year, and then maybe in nineteen and beyond, start making some moves. How much does this push them off that path for the Braves?
1: I, I don't know that it does much. I mean, what it will what it will do is affect their depth because these are the kind of guys that would come up and give them an extra reliever, you know, give them a piece in the in the bullpen that'd be amazing, you know, or uh, and someone would probably spike,
0: right? Yeah, one of those guys, yeah, guys and. Put aside Maiton; one of them would have probably spiked into something beyond his projection. So that that yeah, you know so
1: that's that you know, and most likely since they targeted catchers and infielders, you yeah. know, you know the at the very baseline, it would have given them a fourth or fifth infielder. Uh, That would have been really useful and a catch and throw catcher that would have been really useful and a reliever. That's the baseline kind of depth that that they lose when they lose that many prospects. So they'll have to work harder for that. But also those kind of players are available if the money, if the purse strings are opened up a little bit. Right. So. You know, if, if Liberty sees they're winning and they're starting to draw in that stadium, then they can go and pay for, you know, a couple million dollars for one of those relievers and pay a couple million dollars for one of those catch-and-throw guys. So they they can survive. And the the other good news is there was so much... There was such a collection of arms in particular and prospects in general that, you know, maybe they can, they can survive it. And, you know... Depending on how many of these arms in Luis Gohara, Max Freed, Mike Soroka, Tuki Tessant, who we talked about that we really liked, uh, Sean Newcomb, if you know, if two of those guys are really good pitchers, or three of those guys are really good pitchers, and the rest are kind of depth guys, then you've already got the Ozzie Albies, Acuna uh, sort of uh, grouping at the top. Freeman looks like a kind of guy who might age well. I mean, he's just Uh, Still hitting the the ball and yeah, and he's, he's, uh, they're not asking a lot of him and he's not running into walls in the outfield and stuff. So as long as he doesn't get hit by a lot of pitches, I feel like he can, he can be a good hitter into his, into his decline phase. So there's a lot of reasons to still like this team. And uh, I don't know what will happen when the team is good and everyone
0: says, well, didn't John draft a lot of these guys? <laughs> yeah, Anthopolis will be like, damn it. Yeah. Can't well, I get credit for this. In it's fact, I think
1: Anthopolis' job is much like he was in Toronto. I think Toronto yeah. had a great farm system. He's not, I won't put him in the class of Dave Dombrowski, but if you look back on what Anthopolis did, he traded prospects. That was the reason he
0: was out in yep. Toronto. Was he, well, he made the Thor trade, right? The Dickey.
1: Right, and Thor I don't trade. think that he necessarily was out because of the Thor trade, but they brought in Mark Shapiro
0: from Cleveland, who had a more "don't make that kind of trade" philosophy. Correct, more of so, a build build through the through in house, whereas Antopolis was trying to make the moves. Um, I could it,
1: see I could see Antopolis using some of this depth, and you know, a, a, and maybe like kind of acting almost as an AJ Preller situation where. He comes in, he's given the the he's given the farm system that he wants and a mandate to win soon. Right? Because they, they they're the the new the new shine is coming off that that ballpark.
0: Yes, and and with the black with this black cloud hanging over Let's, you know, let's try to speed up our process a little bit, which might be a bad idea if it's the wrong trade. So you'd have to really be smart about it. Don't just go moving everybody. I don't think they would move in Acuna or, or in Albies, but some of the pitchers that we were just talking about uh, might all of a sudden be on the move. And Austin Riley, who we talked about, um, they, they got a lot of guys. That's the thing, too. Despite this uh, hit, they still got a deep system. So Braves fans step back from the ledge. It's a big hit. It's 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 ugly. But there's still a lot of talent in that pipeline. There's still some foundational pieces at the majors. They've still got a shot here. Let's move just
1: on. A, just to demonstrate it really quickly, this is kind of amazing. Uh, my town was fifth on, on preseason, Eric Long and Hagen's preseason prospect ranking before this season. So that's that's a loss. But as we discussed, you know things have gone bad from this year.
0: Fifth in Atlanta? Yeah. Okay.
1: The next one that they lost was 23rd. That's
0: a that's a pretty sharp jump.
1: Yeah, that's Junior Severino. And then even after uh, Severino, I don't think uh, any of the
0: other ones were listed in the top 32. So it goes to your point about the fact that they lost depth, not so much impact. And again, we haven't really underscored it. My time did not have a great year. And, yeah. and the shine did fall off a bit there. He's going to be only 18 coming into this year. There's still going to be... A, a few teams ready to take a shot on him without a doubt the the name alone the name and age alone are uh, is going to get some attention uh but we'll see you know it's not like he hit the ground running uh in two rookie leagues with the appy and golf leagues and he went 596 at the appy league and 139 plate appearances that's his ops and then 751 in just 37 and the component plate
1: appearances. stats weren't that exciting i mean a below average walk rate 27 28 strikeout rate um, you know, more ground balls than fly balls, uh, two stolen bases, in, no speed, no pop two attempts. Nothing. Yeah, it's not really. And everyone's already talking about moving him off a of short because of, uh, you know, the athleticism in the in lower half. So
0: that was always something that was,
1: yeah, there was some talk about, about that, that from the
0: beginning, I think, was yeah. that he was going to get big, maybe not in a bad way that he did this year. He seemed to have ballooned oh up. Oh my god,
1: speaking but of that, joked, he choked, dude. And we have to, we have to keep this. We have to keep this on the quiet a little bit because I can't. I I, kind of want him in some drafts later. Did you see that picture of Yandy Diaz? Oh, dude, dude,
0: don't talk about him anymore. You can't talk about him anymore. I know. Okay, we'll stop. No, no, because because people are gonna catch on. Because he was already, he's already smashing the ball. Yandi Diaz over in Cleveland already smashes the ball. But the problem right now, you know, he's got great exit velo numbers. But then you look over, you kind of keep moving down his profile, and you see it's all in the ground. If somebody teaches him that you're allowed to hit the ball in the air, I don't think he knows right now. It has no, to be. I
1: know. The, and if there's any place that'll do it is the Indians because they, they, we've, we, we had a couple pieces on Fangraphs. I know how that what their pitching philosophy is like. Like I know. I know that they are open to things and that they are talking to him and they're just trying to figure out the right way to do it with him. I think so. He and then now he, the lo- latest picture, his, his biceps are as big as my head.
0: The one with, are you talking about the one with the trainer? Where, yes. Where, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That The that, that pic is amazing. And oh I Lord. feel like you could take his head off of there and put, sespedes head and, and yeah. no one would bat an eye someone photoshopped that and no, no one would question it no one would say oh that's Photoshop. that's right, the, right. that he's got the veins cooking in his arm like dude and, and end of conversation hold on <laughs> okay what were we
1: talking
0: about <laughs> no can't talk about can't talk about dandy uh, yes guys go look him up <laughs> in your league his name is dandy yes he plays for the uh for the Marlins, not Yandy Diaz from Cleveland. Don't look him up. Okay. Don't draft him anywhere. Let's move on to uh, Otani a little bit here. Sent out this memo basically saying, Woo me. Come get me. What do you want? Uh, here's here's what this, according to Bill Shaken of the uh, LA Times, here's what this uh, memo suggested or, or kind of outlined for teams, what it should include, uh, the presentation, if you will. An evaluation of Shohei's talent as a pitcher and or hitter. The player development, medical training. Oh, medical. You have to include your medical. Mets, you're out. You have to include your medical performances. Not going to (laughs) work. Player development, medical training, and player performance philosophies and capabilities. Major, Major League, minor league spring training facilities. Resources for Shohei's cultural assimilation. A detailed plan for integration of Shohei into the organization. Why the city and franchise are a desirable place to play. And relevant marketplace characteristics. So again, it's just put together your... your your pitch. It's pretty much
1: exactly what we said would
0: be, you know, the thing that was discussed because money is not the, the mover here because 3.5 mil is the most. um, And that's the Rangers and the Yankees. And then you go down and there's going to be other teams that have maybe a a mil and a half. I I know there's some teams that probably only have like 500,000. They're probably going to be off. I do think there is that $3 million would be, would be a difference. Plus when you look at the teams at the top, the Rangers, Yankees and Mariners, these are the teams that have already I- integrated um, Asian players into their culture, into their team very nicely. Yu Darvish, Masahiro Tanaka, um, uh, Hideki Matsui, Hideki Arabu, although you and, get. And, and, by the way, the Yankees can include that George Steinbrenner is no longer around to call anybody a fat toad, so that helps. And then uh, the Mariners, of course, with, uh, with Ichiro, Kazazaki, Hazashi Iwakuma, who we're actually going to talk about briefly here. Uh, they signed him back to a minor league deal. So, it, it, again, it's saying, woo us, what's the pitch? Seeing all of this, do you, do you rate those three teams at the top because they happen to have some cash to go along with it? or do you, and, and do you see a dark horse, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I do. I think I do see a dark horse. There's, uh, I think you kind of almost have to zoom out in this situation and think of this as like what. I think he's looking at this from the questions. It looks like he's looking at this as where, what sort of brand can I join? What biggest, what brand organization? What what sort of, what, where, where can I hook up to for like, 15 years well
0: because in the short term too because i
1: can't make that money that much money in the short term and i want want to be set up where i extend with someone and i extend with for a lot of money and i've built a a brand and and i wouldn't be surprised if uh you know he was willing to come across uh, at first so i do think that he does care uh, I do think that since he put in the like uh, the what the city is like in terms of um, culture, does, yes. I think he does care a little bit about that. However, uh, I keep coming back to the fact that he almost came over before he was drafted in in, in baseball and almost no one's ever done that. I mean, no one's even he, he was like ready to sign with the Dodgers um, and then he didn't. So. Uh, I I do think that puts the Dodgers out out in front, but it does suggest there's a little bit of a streak there where he's willing to be different. So he doesn't necessarily want to go to New York just because Hideki Matsui went there, you know? he's he's already leaving. yeah, and he's sort of leaving leader. the
0: gobs of cash on the table by not coming over two years later. So that already says something about what you're talking about, where he wants to become an institution. He wants yeah. to become the uh, forever a, a sort of linked
1: somewhere. and forever linked, maybe with the organization. If you think Ichiro, you think Mariners. If you think Hideki, Incom. you think the Yankees, if you think Nomo, you think Dodgers. That leaves me a dark horse. What organization has tons of money uh, has demonstrated they have a good farm system for developing talent? Has uh has won recently, has an awesome brand, has good culture. Is it come to mind
0: ya? The Detroit Tigers. That's gonna be <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited to get the Tigers. Oh my god, that's awesome, dude. We're getting Otani, Enoceris locked it in. Um uh, I am one Giants. Reason. The Giants. So all this Stanton smokescreen over here. Well,
1: maybe both. I mean, why not both? I mean, the it's the, oh not so going to cost insane. him a lot of money. So I don't know. The it,
0: Giants fan. And that I don't know just, that the Giants have
1: uh, a ton of money, um, you know, to give him that good bonus. <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's the Cubs, um, you know, in a similar it, way. way. Because, you know, the Cubs and Giants, I think you'd have to consider them both dark horses because they don't necessarily have that Yankee-Dodger sheen. But I do think that they um, they do offer the ability to sort of make some arguments when it comes to um, keeping their players healthy and, uh, you know, what sort of scouting stuff they do and what, what they do to make their players better and stuff like that. Uh, it's particularly, I think, Chicago has a lot to, to offer in that regard. And um, and then there's this added bonus of him joining a brand that's winning, but also joining one that he might be able to be like, oh, when you think Otani, you think, you know, when you think Cubs and, and Japan, you think Otani, you know, Exactly. Uh, so I think the Cubs and the Giants, I put the Cubs and the Giants in the second tier below the um, the Yankees and the uh um, the Dodgers and, and the I. and Dodgers.
0: I, I think the Mariners well, are there too. I really do. The
1: Mariners there. Yeah, you can put the Mariners there. So um, you know all, but see the Mariners. One thing is, if he's if it's all about
0: winning, they they're yeah. not really they're not really oh, close oh, to win, you know? I I agree. Oh, like I said though, they did make a huge move. They brought back Hazashi Hus- Iwakuma on a minor league deal. Um, that's where we're at with the moves right now. Stanton, it's your fault. Otani, it's your fault too that our biggest moves are Doug Fister. Hey, look at this. Two teams that we're talking about trying to win, Texas and Seattle, they're both in this Otani sweepstakes. That's going to be the lead out of their deck. Look, we just brought in Doug Fister, Texas did. <laughs> so we're obviously um, we're, committed, we're clearly to committed to We're really committed to big bro and you're good to go. Boom, Doug is going to seal the Otani deal, obviously. Uh, okay, hang on. Before we get to those two little pitcher moves, I'll just ask you if I if I'm making you choose right now. You gave your dark horses, you gave your your front runners. Where are you put Otani? Dodgers. That- By the way, you did you did make Giants fans. Cream their jeans when you said, and Stanton. When I said the Stan thing is what the most heck of a way said, to turn around a franchise, my yeah, God. You said, why not both? Four of them died. You killed four of them This is the excitement. The this rest, so
1: bad. They'll get neither, and they'll you know be a bad team next year. That would be brutal. Get, like, yeah. Get brawn. that's
0: um i think i think justin mason ha- has officially perished who by the way is of course producing this episode for us he perished he's a giants fan he can't he can't handle that there's no way you have to be careful we, we should have given a, uh, a a warning a potential trigger warning on long that way. because that's there's too much excitement a
1: long way from stanton and otani to uh braun and gallardo
0: no no (laughs) braun and gallardo the gallardo part is what really oh my god now (laughs) justin's dying for the wrong reason he did not take his part today and we've killed our producer great so we're back to looking for a producer all right so you got otani going to the dodgers obviously it's it's really it, it, it there's a really great chance that they just go ahead and do that and and they could do it now that'd be the that, that again, that would then kill do- Giants fans the other way because they could do the twofer. They could do Otani and Stanton, and then you got Giants fans, D-backs fans, Rockies fans, and Padres fans collectively doing a uh, a, a bridge jump. So because that that would just that would not be good. But uh, I, I dig it. I, I totally understand why you would put them on the Dodgers. I'm 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 going Mariners. They're 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 going Ichiro 2.0 uh they've they've shown that yeah, i think they even brought chinsu chu over when he first came over i believe he's from korea um but yeah you know they've incorporated a lot of asian players they are close enough that way i think they can finagle it that we'll see what how creative they get in their in their uh presentation to talk about how how close they are to winning but if they start talking about mike zunino as a key piece then the presentation's going to go to hell so all right let's talk about these two two signings they're tiny Doug Fister, in Texas. The main reason I bring him up not only to chastise uh, Stanton for holding up the the market, but also, you know, I give Doug Fister a little bit of love. He finished pretty strong there. He did a little something in the second half. wasn't completely terrible. Uh, but Doug Fister in Texas is he going to be this year's Andrew Kashner, where he puts up in completely inexplicable ERA? What do you think? No. No, okay, fair enough.
1: Fair no, enough. I mean there, there was a nice little velo bump I think, you know, got him back up to about 90 in the second half last year, but uh, you know, that's still 90 and uh he's kind of doesn't really
0: like what's his what's his best pitch? I don't know. Yeah. The, the the one that actually doesn't leave the park. <laughs> the thing was, so I it, in that second half when people were kind of trusting him in fantasy, I remember he had like a one hitter at Cleveland and followed it up against uh, Boston or excuse me, against Baltimore. He was on Boston, but the problem was, was that he was the ticking time bomb and everyone knew it was coming. And, and so, you know, okay, I'm looking at the game log right now. It was, yeah, it was a Cleveland one hitter at Cleveland and then Boston, Baltimore, seven innings, two runs. And then you probably took him out for at New York, seven innings, one run, Okay, I'll put him back in for Toronto, I guess. Boom, seven innings, one run—that's good. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to start him against Oakland. Four innings, six runs, and it was just—he was that ticking time bomb, and he finished really poorly. I just—I'm just seeing it now that uh, in his last four, starting with that Oakland start, he put up a 9.18 ERA in 16 and two-thirds innings. Um, so yeah, you're going to want to be careful anytime you're trusting Doug Fister at this point, especially in Texas. Let's move on. Hazashi uh, Wakuma. Back on minor week deal with Seattle. Does he have anything left in the tank? Because this guy was one time really solid pitcher, really solid mid rotation guy. It's been a while, and injuries are the are the real culprit uh, behind the fact that the and now thirty seven year old show or excuse me, I almost called the Shohei Otani uh, Hazashi Iwakuma is not is not so great anymore but it's mainly because of injury as opposed to a complete skills erosion this year was a lost season 31 innings 1.3 strikeout to walk ratio i'm willing to even kind of throw that to the side but then you look at the year before he lost a full strikeout the homers have been up that's the biggest issue he's always been a homer guy and now we're in this homer rich environment for iwakuma i'm not sure that he can survive as a potential fantasy option do you see anything left for the 37 year old Hisashi iwakuma
1: you know, for a long time, I I pointed out to people that right before he came over, um, so I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to do the Chris Sale thing, where I like, I told you he's going to get hurt, <laughs> uh, but uh, right before he came over in in uh, 2010 or 11 or so, um, he he had an 85 mile an hour fastball and his shoulder wasn't working.
0: That's uh, why the Oakland deal fell through, right? Didn't he have a yeah, deal with why, Oakland uh, initially?
1: Yeah, and he claimed that they were just trying to keep him off the market, but they claimed that he was hurt. And people I know that saw him in in uh, in Tokyo were like, "Of course, yeah, he's totally hurt. He was throwing eighty five this year, so uh, he was throwing eighty five, and now he's uh, now he's throwing eighty five again." Uh, of course, in between uh, we had five years and um, or, or six years even. And so it's kind of like, uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, he got hurt again. Of course, everyone gets hurt again. And you were wrong because he managed to be pretty useful in between. And in fact, now I sort of switch it around and say, you know, what if you can get it back up to 88? You know, he was this hurt before. What if you can get it back up to 88, then I think he might be able to, I think he might be actually even better than the Duck Fister this year. If he's throwing, if you hear in spring that he's throwing 88, I would do a cautious buy. I do okay. like sort of a one dollar ale only block. Ale only, even yeah. Two because he's gonna have a place in that rotation because if he can throw eighty eight, he always has that split finger.
0: Exactly, you know? and that split finger drives uh, Otani's success. I think he might have had a finger thing that was causing issues. Was that was that this was that this past year? That, I, I can't remember. He's definitely had he definitely had was a finger so thing. So far in the off past, the radar. I, I would
1: it, when when you're throwing eighty five, I guess the shoulders back.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that, the, finger the shoulder was the biggest. And that's why act. it's
1: probably not um a great idea that to go get a get get a share now. But um, you know, if if he's throwing in the spring and it looks like eighty eight, eighty nine again, I think I might buy. I mean he, well, he's and, just the
0: only ability to strike people out. There's no real spring news that's going to make everybody interested. So you can you can afford to wait and see what's going on. And even with positive news and positive numbers in spring, there's still not going to be a ton of believers. So I like it, too. A speculative speculative buck, maybe two, probably reserve. You probably don't even have to go two bucks. Yeah. In an AL only, and then you can get them. So I, I like that. Uh, okay. That's enough time on Doug Fister and Hasashi Iwakuma. Stanton, please make a move so we can talk about other moves. But in the meantime, let's talk about some more draft battles for 2018. In fact, Justin Mason and I will be part of a m- magazine mock draft uh, right after this podcast. So we will be making these, these very same decisions here momentarily this evening. And I'm going to start with a high-end one, probably a first, second-round type. Eh, probably a second-round type. But uh, Jose Ramirez versus Manny Machado for 2018. You Eno, know, where, where are you going on these? On these two here.
1: It's like a more balanced... uh, A more balanced offering from Jose Ramirez. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Versus a more traditional sort of slugger type in Manny Machado. And you
0: got third base, second base for Ramirez. Whereas Machado lost that shortstop eligibility. And yet now there are rumors that uh that uh baltimore is going to try him at short this year they should and then because then you can still move tim beckham you can move beckham over to third and that's, yeah. there's really no problem with, with with i mean i i shouldn't say no problem i don't know the scale of beckham's defense i'm saying but moving beckham from short to third is not problematic when you're moving machado from third to short so that okay that's interesting i hadn't seen that that would obviously be huge but i don't even think that it really stings Machado's uh, value much. I just wanted to bring it up because it was a big factor last year when people were pretty psyched about being able to slot him in it short from day one. And yeah. he did start running again, too. He did, He got back on, on the uh, stealing track with nine. He, now he was nine for 13. This team just doesn't run. So I don't even think it's a Manny Machado thing. It's really a Baltimore Orioles thing. That 20, I just don't see it again unless somebody tells Buck Showalter that he has to start stealing because they just don't run, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know his his power comes mostly from demolishing mistakes. He, he's only looking for f- dead red fastballs, high and straight. Uh, that's what he's told me in the past, and you can tell from his plate discipline numbers that they that it isn't doesn't come from great plate discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does he's not like a big fly ball guy either, so. You know, there's, uh, you know, Machado's kind of in some ways like a slugger slugger, and uh, Ramirez is a little bit more refined in terms of reproach and a little bit more refined in terms of across the board goodness. I mean, he's he's going to hit 300, and he's going to hit 300, and he's going to give you 49 homers plus steals, more skewed towards steals, which are rarer these days. Uh, he's projected for 49. He last year he gave 56. So um, I'm going to go Ramirez. I think I like how, you know, even if he only steals 12 or 15, he'll still steal more than Machado. And if Machado, you know, hits 35 and Ramirez, you know, only hits 25, He's gonna get that. He's gonna have that batting average to contend with, and I don't think Machado is gonna hit for a great batting average. So. Exactly.
0: I I love the uh, the plate skills of Jose Ramirez. We all know about his great contact, right? He struck out just 11 percent last year, ten percent the year before. He's eleven percent for his career, but also takes some walks. 75 uh, percent, eight percent. Uh, I'll just round it. There's no sense in eight uh, percent. I, I don't like when people are precise on the number that does like seven point five instead of just saying eight. It doesn't change anything. So it's eight <laughs> percent. Um, but you know that's that's not too bad obviously we love it when it's 10 plus but when you're only striking out 11 percent of the time and 8 percent walk rate is quite nice as well i actually like ramirez as well i thought you were going to go the other way and, and we were going to have a split decision here but no i'm also going with jose ramirez taking him in the uh, uh second round late second maybe early third it's going to be interesting to see where he goes as a big breakout are people going to be laying off of him although i will say yes he did have the big breakout this year there's no denying that. He added 18 homers, but he was awesome in 2016 as well. This is not the first year of success for Jose Ramirez. So I don't think he's uh, the prototypical, you know, kind of regression candidate where you're like, well, he's going to completely fall off. Um, I think he's more of like, "Okay, yeah, that power is going to come back down, as you were saying. But then he could add it back on the steals. So if you look at it as a homer plus steals sort of thing and you put him at 45, you're probably putting Machado at 40, 35, and 5, I would say, personally. So give me that batting average. Give me the uh, probably the at least equal counting numbers, if not maybe favoring Ramirez right, like, there as well.
1: You can you break can in so much regression for Ram- uh, Ramirez. You can give him 20 homers and 15 stolen bases, regression on both fronts. And he won't have as much as Machado there, but then he'll have the batting average. Okay, so I'm I'm with you there for sure. And if you can play him at second, like especially I think in in AL only this year, you know, there's gonna be Altuve, and then
0: you know, good luck. And then old ass Robinson can know, old ass Ian Kinsler if he stays in the AL um Tigers are talking about old,
1: him. old breakout with Merrifield.
0: Yeah, with Merrifield, who I do like for his speed, but he's twenty nine years old. So that's a great point, especially AL only second base. Ramirez is going to be nice. All right, let's 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 talk on uh, an outfielder here. A, a pair of outfielders, I should say. Tommy Pham coming off his big breakout. We have talked a bit about him throughout the season. Uh, matching him up against A.J. Pollock. So guys on the opposite sides of the coin in terms of how their seasons went. Uh, Pham really busted out, whereas Pollock, again, labored through injuries and wasn't wasn't great when he was playing at least not uh, to the expectations that people probably had but but you look at the 20 stolen bases and it's still a key factor who do you like better between Pham and AJ Pollock both going into their age 30 season
1: well you just ruined my fun question
0: I'm sorry. Who's older?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely. It's still kind of a fun question, but now it's like a question of months. <laughs> it's
0: it's de- because you you are expecting people to say automatically Tommy Fam, right? You you're imagining that most people yeah. will think Fam is older, and then they're going to be surprised to learn that Pollock is also about to be age 30.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, the the. Uh... The X stats, I think, are interesting, too, uh, for these guys, because um, Pham had a great season with a, with a 520 slugging percentage. But that, I think, might be the biggest outlier for him in terms of his past. Um, yes, he's had some good slugging numbers in the minors, but they've kind of come in short samples. And sure. if you kind of add it all up, he's closer to league average with power in the minors than, than um but he also has made some big strides with approach and well, with mechanics
0: recently. and health too. The, yeah. getting his eyes, uh, his eye condition under control. I think it's, I think it's called keratosis. I think every time we talk about him, I don't know how to yeah. say it, and I should learn that keratosis. I, have an yeah, un- I did have it right. I did an
1: interview with him actually Gee. about the eyes and about uh, about this season. He's going to spend the off season doing overspeed training to get faster um and that he wants to be even more selective next year so you know these are the things that everybody wants to do everybody talks about so you, you take them with a grain of salt but at the same time if he did cut the strikeout rate even further then you could really depend on more of a 290 300 batting average instead of the
0: 266
1: he's he's projected into
0: it's not keratosis i'm stupid that's oh, that's some sort of skin disease it's care of something or other yeah. I can't find it right now. Pretty
1: okay. But uh, in any case, uh, so Pollock had a lower slugging percentage last year. He also had his own breakout recently, and it had to do with mechanics and better play discipline. And uh, but he had a four seventy slugging to um, to Pollock's uh, to Fam's five twenty. But five uh, but by X stats. Uh, to
0: Conus. FAM- Sorry, continue.
1: <laughs>
0: sorry, 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 uh, sorry.
1: X stats by X stats, Fam had a four seventy five slugging, and uh, this, so X stats are the uh, the projected, not the projected, um,
0: kind of what should have happened based on their batted ball data. Yeah, and that's our own Anthony Perpetua or a- yeah. Andrew Anthony. Anthony is his, his long-lost brother. Uh, Andrew is, of course, our, our, our guy on the X stats. So these two, you know, you look at projections uh, well, right now, actually.
1: I just is broke cool. Perpetuous Page. He's going to be upside with me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but in any case, uh, Pollux was higher. Um, and uh, and so uh, I think that's interesting to note because uh, FAMS, you know, actual was better. And I think that in terms of projections, uh, Pollock is safer. Um, you know, well, he's
0: going to have nicer projections because Fam exploded seemingly out of nowhere. But right. again, I think he's had these skills, and then you factor in everything. You factor in the league home run breakout with his health, both um, on his body in general, because he's had other injuries. Inj- injuries besides the eye situation and the eye situation having a fix and it all adds together for this breakout season but projections aren't going to know about all those external factors and they're probably going to bring him down a bit
1: yeah yeah and then but then you know in pollock's defense that he has a 15 strikeout rate towards you know against fam's 22 and okay. fam's history of higher ones so you know you can see why he's projected into 281 batting average versus fam's 266. So um and then there's then there's the park. So if I think if you gave them both full healthy seasons, you know, nine times I I, I take Pollock.
0: Okay, I Pollock think was going to me
1: health is like a question mark that brings them a lot closer.
0: I didn't even look these up and I ended up picking two guys really close to each other. Pollock went 67th in Justin's early mocks and Fam was going 75th. So they were right by each other. But Pollock was, I think, being trusted a little bit. Totally get that. I'm a big fam guy. I'm a big fam honk, if you will. But I I completely understand people feeling a bit more comfortable with Pollock, even in light of his injury issues and all that. Um, I I, I totally get that. I, I would be more than interested in getting both in, in a situation where you know if i'm picking on a turn and and it's near there maybe i only have one outfielder and we're getting into that fourth I mean, steals round area are so hard
1: to get these days if you could exactly. get those guys and and get even just a one full season out of them or one and a half full seasons out of them uh, if, I, if
0: i can get both lost. and get 45 stolen bases that'd be nice
1: right because be, it, it would I'd come with power and uh, and the other thing that you could do also is leave the fourth round not taking either of them feeling pretty good that they'll be one of them will be waiting for you in the fifth. Yes, I think that that's uh, fair as well. Uh,
0: I will lean Pollock, but uh, like if I'm you playing. wanted
1: to take uh, a pitcher in the fourth, if you wanted to, you know, take your I don't know who like Degrom, Grom. If you wanted to take Degrom Grom and you felt like you would lose out on any aces, uh, but you still kind of wanted that 2020 type player. Um, you know, these guys are pretty close.
0: That's why I put them together. All right, last one is a pitcher one, another closer one. We haven't done too many of those. We did one at AFL, so I want to get another one in here. Zach Britton and Felipe Rivero, another pair of guys going in op, or have you know coming off opposite seasons basically Rivero exploded with with Pittsburgh and really became uh, kind of a major stud for them out of the bullpen and eventually took over that job and looked really good They're both lefties that's why I paired them together as well uh Britain of course had the hype based on the 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 seasons that he'd been putting together but injuries just really took him apart and and the season never got going for him to be honest it was just it was almost. Not a loss season. He threw 37 innings. I know that usually you're going to be throwing 65 or so. So about a half season, um, and 2.89 ERA is fine. But you look at the 153 WHIP. The strikeouts are way down and the walks are way back up. It looked a lot like his starting days uh, at, at this point for Zach Britton, which was really weird. So he was he was dealing with injuries and you know going to be age. Well, I don't. I'm not going to say his age in case you're going to talk about age. No, I don't want. I don't want to blow. Well, okay.
1: I, age is relevant here.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be thirty. Yeah, he's gonna be thirty, and Rivero's gonna be twenty-six. So, you got two guys coming off of the d- disparate seasons. Who do you like better, Felipe Rivero or Zach Britton?
1: I think you have to be much more. What have you done for me lately when it comes to relievers? And a million percent agree. Yeah, I mean they're just they're just uh, they come and they go, and I think that health is a big part of why that happens. And to, like if we knew one hundred percent that Britton's you know figured it all out then maybe I would take him but I think even if you knew Britain was going to be healthy and if you knew Felipe Rivera were going to be healthy next year I'm not even sure that you would necessarily take Britain because is going to come with more strikeouts and better teams uh with better bullpens have uh more save opportunities and I I can't say 100% that the Pirates are going to be better than the Orioles this next year because the Orioles keep kind of you know outdoing their expectations and and keep and they have a good refusing bullpens. to rebuild. Yeah, they yeah, they, they, have a good they keep sticking around. And and sometimes the pirates have bad bullpens, so
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know maybe maybe this will go you know against me. But throw the health part back in, and I feel pretty comfortable
0: taking Felipe Rivera. Britain at one thirty six on average. Felipe Rivera one sixty two. So you're going to get a two round discount with Rivera as well, which. Only further makes me want to take Rivero. I and really I like what I saw. And of I him can't
1: versus... push the guy whose upside doesn't include plus plus strikeout rates into that territory where it's a reliever I have to have. For mostly, there's a few relievers I feel like I have to have, and then there's relievers I'll be okay with, and then there are the relievers I'll take in the end game. And
0: it's, it Ritten seems insane. Sort of like
1: in that group in the middle where I'm like. Eh, whatever, you know, I'm not going to reach for any of these guys.
0: Exactly. I mean, it seems insane, but these days, the closers that you're really going to be chasing after, that you say, I got to have, if you are going to reach out in those early rounds, they pretty much have to have teens' strikeout rates per nine, you know? And even at Britain's best, it was 10.8 back in 15, and then 9.9 last year before a 7.0 this year. He's never, you know, I think part of it is that that devastating sinker, it's hard to, um, to to really get a ton of strikeouts with because they just beat it into the ground for a, a very slow roll or easy out. So it's it's not that he can't still get a lot of outs with it. It's that. Um, you know, it just doesn't induce as many uh, whiffs because they they'll they'll roll over it, easy out to third base, boom game over. Or when he's really off, he can't get it anywhere near the zone to in- encourage a swing and then it ends up being a walk pitch, which is why he had four point three walks this year, did Britain. So it's Rivero for me, especially at a discount. I think even at this point, if they were equal cost, I think I'd go Rivero. And I was a big Britain believer coming into this year, and I lost on that one for sure. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm I'm gonna definitely go with Rivero here. So I think we swept it on agreeing. Real fun there, a lot of battles. <laughs>
1: hey, really can't help went head I, to head on those. We're not going to
0: fake it. We're not going. I'm not just going to go against you. I mean, I, we talked about both sides, uh, both sides of each player, but uh, I'm not going to pretend like I back somebody just to go against you. We both like Ramirez, Pollock, and Rivero today
1: one one thing that just comes to mind when i when we look at um, Britain's struggles is that you know, I once highlighted that Britain, Dyson, and Train all had similar super sinkers, similar crazy moving, awesome sinkers. and they've all had trouble with command, and they've all had trouble with results to to some degree. And I'm not sure that there's actually. Something really brilliant to take away from this, other than you know, pitching is hard and relieving is very volatile from year to year. But, um, it's also part of why you know, evaluating pitching is so hard. Sometimes you watch a guy and they have this amazing sinker, and you're like, Well, it, he could at least be a shutdown reliever for me. Well, you know, even with that amazing sinker,
0: it's not always easy. <laughs> Nope. And then health was an issue, of course, for Britain this year. But it is funny. You mentioned those two. And when you mentioned the three of them coming into the season, it's like Britain was way ahead because he'd done it. And maybe those two could catch up. Well, he actually came back to them this year. And they all three went through their ups and downs. They had periods of success. But for the most part, it was down seasons for Trinan, Dyson, and Britain. Now, assuming their costs... Um, or uh, understanding the cost. I'm not going to keep Dyson in here because we have no idea what's really going to go on with him. But Trinan looks like he's going to be the guy in Oakland. Now he's going at pick 291. And I said I think 135 for Britain. So understand that the cost is is massively lower. Would you take Trinan over Britain?
1: What yeah, would I you mean, I invest I, in the guy
0: who's done it. Um
1: yeah I mean I guess I would I like think if there were equal cost, but yeah uh, i I mean, I think that Britain's in a real danger of of falling into uh just a group that I don't end up buying a lot of, which is guys where the closer
0: role tag is what you're buying the most of and that's yeah, that's literally what you're buying the most of, and if they don't make any moves and they kind of keep their bullpen intact, they've still got Brad Brock there who at a, at, a, at a moment's faltering of uh britain could take over that job well, and don't sleep I on mean, michael gibbons i think,
1: would, Givens. I think if, if britain is blowing saves and the team's no good they'll let him blow saves so they can sell him later um you know there's talk of them even selling him now um so you know it, does he end up a cub or you know i don't know you don't know no could go somewhere.
0: Stuff. britain could go yeah britain could go somewhere where he's not even closing so obviously that would render, i think that's possible a lot of this moot. I i bring agree. him
1: in as a, as like your ex, like your crazy ground ball guy in front of a, you know, in front of a Chapman or you know, so.
0: your elite lefty, you know, uh, it, and if oh, it, yeah, was it was it front in of front a Chapman, of a Chapman because
1: be, Britain is lefty, yeah. What if you brought him in again in front of Jansen?
0: You know, that's the thing. If he goes somewhere that already has an established righty, and then you have that one two. Ah, uh, lefty righty punch. Yeah. that could be something else. so we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm going with Rivera. I, I kind of like him. I don't want to boost him up too much and and end up overdrafting him the way I did with Britain this year, but I just I like a lot of what he does. It's one hundred miles an hour, and he's ridiculous. But uh, we gotta get out of here. gotta go get some dinner, do a draft. We'll be back. Um, I don't know if we gonna be back later this week or what we're a little bit off track here. Obviously, we had the holiday last week, so we didn't go on our normal Thursday. But we'll talk offline maybe maybe we'll go two for this week i don't know i gotta see what justin and Eno are up to i can't commit them to it without knowing mm-hmm. they have lives i'm a loser i'm just sitting here with my dog chilling they've got families so we got to see if they could come on for another maybe thursday or friday episode maybe we get maybe we get two this week who knows you know who knows but until then i will talk to you later thanks for listening